like I, said, I think that was all I was saying, Rides. What I'm saying, maintain that fantasy is I still have to do the the basics of life, but I still have to be able to date. Back to the no romance without finance. It's you broke too. You, you still get the date. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I never gotten that. It is like we're both broke. That's why I love college because we were all broke and just it was all about potential. Like. What up, what up, what up? It's three brothers in no sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-hosts, Rozzy and Buff. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. I just got a quick shout out to um, Kiera and Joe. <clears throat> excuse me, and Joe Brokenbrow. I think I said that right, yeah. Kiera and Joe Brokenbrow. She's the young woman uh, that purchased a $47 wedding dress their wedding was a total of $500 in California. They held it outside at like this, I guess you call it like an overlook on the side of the road in uh, Cali. Uh, the guests, if they wanted anything to eat or drink, they understood that they would have to uh, purchase it. Uh, but she didn't want to break the bank. So not all heroes wear capes. I like it. I saw a lot of other people liking it. But I don't think oh, it's a trend no. that's gonna catch on. <laughs> oh, I saw people. <laughs> it's not a trend. I mean, women. I from saw a, people being big mad too. Women from afar be like, "Oh, that's so nice. That's so one." I saw people saying, "You don't have to have all the the glitz and glamour." Yeah, but I bet you not gonna do it. Uh, so yeah. I just wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, you know, I, I definitely wish them the best, and it, it's it's cool that if their um, marriage, you know, lasts forever. They only spent five hundred dollars on it when and some people spend fifty grand in the last two years or so. So uh, that's cool. Other than that, I'm gonna throw it to Rizzy. Rizzy. Um I'm just gonna ask you, did, does, does that make you wanna be more frugal now? Like are you just like you gonna Well well no, I wanna go ask, <laughs> I wanna go ask him about that. I was gonna ask him, is there anything that he wants to say to uh Netflix? Oh boy! Oh man! Ooh, Netflix man! I just want to say, um, yeah, I, I I lost five figures in two days, um, messing with Netflix. So, uh, right, yeah, man. I Netflix. Yeah, I, I don't know what y'all are doing over there, but what's, what's going on with Netflix? So, so Netflix dropped almost 30% from their high in the last two days. Um, they, they were down 20% and then another 25-30% today. So 50% total. But when you look at where it dropped and then it dropped again, it's about 30-35%. If you don't like that, percentages, if you don't like percentages, in less than a year ago, they were trading at $700 a share. They were trading somewhere around $250 a share today. Yep. Yep. What'd you um, pay for it, Rosie? I paid I paid thirteen dollars for it because um, I bought it when they were still sending out DVDs. So 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 why are you bitching, Rosie? Because I still lost that money. It's an unrealized game, but I lost uh, that money. But you didn't lose so, anything, bro. I, I mean, I'm still I'm still up. I'm not gonna lie, I'm still up on them. So next but... question. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> that's that's a what is it? Almost a two thousand percent return. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. I think it was like twenty three hundred when at the high. So yeah, it's it's about a two thousand percent return on it. Uh, so I did I did really really well with Netflix, but my my problem with them is that what they're doing to try to solve the problem. So the reason why it dropped was because they lost about two hundred thousand subscribers. They they did their or their quarterly report. Um, so they lost two hundred thousand subscribers. First time they've ever lost subscribers this quarter but they're projecting another 2 million subscribers drop next quarter and their answer to that is to crack down on password sharing make it more difficult for people to share and you know be be in households and stuff and and have netflix together and they aren't doubling down on their content or anything like that they they aren't going out 
and trying to find new shows that you know they can bring in to get people on um so their their plan is what's really pissing me off more because you know stocks go up and down i i think this is a blip they'll get a little bit more momentum more momentum once it stabilizes because they're still the big player on the block hands down but streaming is kind of the new cable as we look at it so Disney Plus, HBO Max, Peacock, Paramount Plus, everybody's kind of doing their own streaming now and and they don't have access to those shows anymore, whereas they used to be the streaming service that they could get all of those different services. So they probably are going to continue to see people shedding them because if I don't want to watch the Netflix shows, I don't have to go to Netflix anymore because they're not going to have Disney shows. They're not going to have Paramount shows. They're not going to have Peacock shows. You know, they're not going to have ABC because Hulu has a lot of the ABC, NBC stuff. So it's they have a lot more competition and they just don't have an answer for it right now. So that's what's making me most mad about them. Uh, And why I think right now, I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, that's it's a buying opportunity for Netflix. I probably wouldn't because while it's probably going to stabilize, it's probably not going to continue to be the growth stock that it was before. It's going to be more of a stable stock. You can buy it uh, and you'll get your average four or five percent returns, but you're not going to get the two thousand percent return that I got. You're not going to get the high growth that you could get by investing in something else that's new. So that's just kind of my unofficial take on it. I don't I don't think it's a buy just because it, it dropped like this. But do with that as you may. But I will on a brighter note, I just want to say. One, one company that has listened to customers is uh, Taco Bell because they brought back the Mexican pizza. I just want to say, boom, there it is. Mexican pizza's back. We got some good to eat at Taco Bell. Y'all don't like the Mexican pizza? Who is we? There are a lot of people that eat Taco Bell. Okay, you talking to them. Not after, not after binges. And, talk, and the Mexican pizza was a big deal because a lot of people eat the Mexican pizza. I imagine today is a big day for them. 420. We're recording on 420, by the way, folks. Yes, today, yes. Today yes. is a probably a big day. Yes, and uh, and I I just wanted to let y'all know that um, as we go along with this recording, I may get more and more incoherent. Not to say oh, that'd be that fun. I part took. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. But yeah, yeah. We'll see how this works out. Yeah. That's all I got, man. That's Sorry what you got, man. I'm looking at that. That's that's what they consider a Mexican pizza. It's two taco shells, some ground beef, and some cheese and tomatoes sprinkled on the top. That that, yeah. that looks that looks horrible. A little bit of refried bean on it. Oh, that's is that the secrets to the success? Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically all it's 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 basically a burrito and a taco put together in a in flat. So, but it it. it it's good. It's got good. the Mexican pizza from high school and middle school. Now, they brought that back. Yeah, yeah, the orange one, the cheddar. Yeah. Instead of the, the instead of the white one. Yeah. So. Oh, before you go for Rosie, you, you gonna have Benzino coming after us, dog. You know that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't worried about Benzino. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Benzino. Call out three brothers, no sense on your platform. I'm good with that. Totally he said, good. With everybody that. that says something about it, he he got some for. <laughs> that was. Well, we said something. That was. We rising. said something. I ain't scared of Benzino. <laughs> All right. So. Oh, oh, in other news, did y'all see um, the guy that, uh, you know, they doing all this genetic testing, the guy had five penises or whatever? Y'all didn't see the news about that? No? Are y'all waiting for a joke? No, it's like real news. I thought it was a joke. Oh. I still yeah. think it's a joke. But, I, but, but thinking about it, I mean, I'm sure his pants fit like a glove. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Hey man, that joke reminds me Snickers. They wilding on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they are. You saw that? Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> they said contrary to popular belief, the veins are still there. And they got a, a picture of a Snickers bar on there. And someone responded and they said, yeah, we pre- we prefer our nuts on the inside. I'm like, oh, Snickers? Okay. <laughs> they wilding a little bit. Wow. All righty. 
Oh. Yeah, I probably have to. I probably have to uh, to bleep that joke out for um, inspire you customers. I don't know if I can say penis on air. I, th- I think you can. I mean, it's that's the sixth grade science book word right there. Yeah. It's a it's a medical term. Right. We'll find out. Speaking of, for our listeners, you know, if you're listening to us on uh, Apple Podcasts or any other podcast site, you can catch us every Monday night, 10 p.m. Central on inspire you on air so they have they have other good podcasts you can listen to good station so got nothing better to do check us out again all right i don't have much man um getting ready to head to austin this weekend to celebrate our 20 year with my line brothers we didn't get to celebrate last year but i guess it actually makes more sense this year I don't know why we always celebrate early. We'll celebrate before we we hit the 20 year mark rather than celebrating the 20 year mark and doing something then. Who knows? But looking forward to it. So a lot of fun time ahead. Excited. Need the break. I don't think I have much. No, I'm pretty sure we can go ahead and jump into it so I can piss some people off. Oh, oh, yeah. Was Oh, Sophie's sleep. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was the joke. That was, oh, okay. You didn't like that one, no. like a glove. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, who got first question, man? Who got first question? I told you tonight might be off the rails. <laughs> I mean, I think Ferg go first this time. Oh, okay. As you guys know, I started reading. Or listening to Will Smith's book, Will, on auto audiobooks, uh, Audible. It's a pretty good listen so far. I really, his opening, the prologue, and even chapter one really stood out to me. Him talking about his uh, his relationship with his father. Have you guys had a chance to listen to it? I know, I think, Riza, you started mm-hmm. it. Buff, have yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm reading it. it. Yep. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm further along, but I want to talk about one of the chapters when he talked about his his imagination or being in fantasy land. You guys remember that early in the book? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so some things he talked about is he has a vivid imagination. He would make up stories. And that was like uh, for most people, as we get older, we stop living in these fantasy lands and make believe and we start grounding ourselves into reality. Right. But he made some interesting points talking about we create fantasy as almost like our earlier some of our earliest ways of protecting ourselves. Um, But also, he goes on to say that we continue to live in fantasy. Maybe it's not as vivid or off the wall as some of his stories, but as human beings, we kind of create these narratives. We stop calling fantasy and we start creating our own narratives that fit us to protect us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So personas and, yeah. and uh, you know, I call it the mask, right? Yeah. You wear the mask. Or, or yeah. our, bel- our beliefs. You know, we, we protect ourselves. You know, we're we'll get into it. I'll let, let you guys kind of expound on it. But how do you guys balance, balance fantasy that supposed to protect us in reality that grounds you so would you like a couple of examples yeah so I think about some of the debates we have on here you know we'll have a debate on like the debate the other day about um, women craving toxic men yeah but there there might be some bias on both sides let's be honest but at the same time where you know there were there were women coming out saying well no, women don't crave this women don't crave that and it's this narrative that you've always as a woman you've always been looking for this good guy this lane this you know it's like you 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 create this narrative to protect yourself or you were always the good girlfriend and guys always screwed you over outside of and sometimes never looking within and saying mm, common denominator here I'm I might be the problem you know or you know guys we do the same thing we'll we'll talk about women we create this narrative that fits us 
Yeah, I know what you're saying. I got a homeboy that, you know, he, he he's a habitual cheater. Just throw it out there. But somehow, every time he gets caught, it's the girl's fault or he wasn't cheating that time. Like, you know, she was going through my phone and or she found this in the trash. And why was she going through my trash? It's always a narrative, a, a thought process of how could she catch me, you know, or mm-hmm. how dare she catch me instead of what? Nigga, why don't you just stop cheating? I mean, if you want the lady <laughs> or not be in a relationship <laughs> or not be in a relationship or be open and honest. <laughs> But it, it it's it's you create this narrative because it makes you feel like you're not the bad guy. Everybody else is the problem. How do you guys balance that? How do you? It's easy to woe is me. This too is because of slavery. We can never get ahead. We just it's easy to make ex- almost like make excuses for some of the things that are going on rather than saying, yes, this too is true. But there's also a part of it that is on me and I don't want to face the reality that I'm part of the problem as well so what what is it the serenity prayer um it's like God grant me to sur- or the what is it the serenity to I can't remember it now God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, taking this world as it is and not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. Yes, thank you. Appreciate that, Ferg. Because, I mean, looking at that, it's like taking a break and saying, is it me? Self-reflection, right? Being able to look at it and say, is there something there that I could have changed or not? Um, if there's something that I could have changed, taking personal responsibility for those things that I could have changed, uh, knowing the difference of what I can change and what I can't, that's really how I kind of balance that narrative versus like reality of it all. Right. I can make this narrative of I could have done everything because, you know, mine's a little different because I, I'm, I'm not on the whole what was me thing. Mine is on the I could have done more. Right. I could have done this. I should have done that. Uh, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. I'm, I'm quick to be like, you know, I should have took Jen to the hospital or whatever. I should have done this. I should have done this for the kids. I should have been able to be there for them or whatever. Um, you know, I should be able to let them go to every last event they want to go to because I want to be super dad. Uh, but then knowing the difference, knowing that, you know, that's a narrative. That's that's a that's a reality that I think and want to be in. But then just coming back down to reality to say you can't be everywhere. You know, it, things happen. That that kid that died on you when you were riding on the ambulance and t- and made you stop wanting to be a doctor happened. And it's cool that you changed and, and it set me on a trajectory in life that I'm good with now, right? And so taking the reality of it all and just saying, being okay with the reality. I think that's really what you have to, you, you stop creating those narratives and everything when you're okay with the reality. Um, and, and, and when you're not, you create and you spin that narrative and you create that story behind yourself to, so, so did you, like you said, you can feel better about what you're doing. So to be able to balance it is to be comfortable in the now and in the reality, uh, and be good with that. And, and, and it's hard. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm good at it at all because I'm always like, I want to do more and I want to, I want to live in that fantasy land and be super dad and all of that. But I know that I can't be. Wow. Um, I was listening to all that because I wasn't sure how to answer it. Um, I guess the best thing I could come up with is that I'm such a uh, such a planner. Uh, Tabitha likes that I do pretty much the majority of the planning from trips to just how the household runs and everything like that. And what I have to constantly remind myself because I get so angry is when things don't go according to plan. When something comes up and changes everything that I've planned and I have to remember that that's going to happen and I can't control everything and how and how it how the outcome is. At the end of the day, you know, if you believe in God, God has the final say on what happens and how it goes and you know, I have to constantly remind myself that hey kind of like what Rozzy said as far as you're not Superman or whatever like that 
I can't make everything go my way. And just to kind of branch off that a little bit, even this wasn't like a plan, but I guess you can't say it's a plan. You know, my plan wasn't for my my mother to not be alive this soon in my life. And I just remember when it happened being kind of like angry. And I had to check myself because, you know, there are people that lost their mother when they were in elementary, you know, never really got to know them or whatever like that. Rising's kids are going through that. They're going through that. So I, I had to check myself because I was I was really angry when that happened. Like, why in the world would you take one of the, the, the sweetest people on this earth so soon like that? So that kind of stuff like that, man, I just have to check myself as far as not being able to control everything. And I get I really try to work on not getting so upset and making sure you know, once something changes course of the plans I had to be able to adapt, adjust and figure out what I need to do to solve it, man. So, yeah, I don't. It's so I, funny. Like, it's so funny. We're, we're kind of the opposites where like my fantasies are, are like rear facing. Like I, I, I'm reflective and look back on stuff. Mm-hmm. It sounds like your fantasies are when you make a plan, you you played it out in your head, right? You got yes. a whole fantasy of how yes. that thing's gonna Absolutely. work, and, yeah. and 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 Tab's face when she opens the gift and everything, like all oh, that's played out of your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't do that. Like I, I don't care. I'm just like let that ride. However it happens, it happens. <laughs> but then in in hindsight, I'm like, oh, it could have been better, and I could have did this, and I could have did that. Yeah. So it's like we're we're on opposite ends of the spectrum on it. Yeah, that's cool. I, I mean, I never considered either either one of those examples like that. You know, I, I think of it more on a and they all make sense. You know, even with you, Byron, I think the the planning is almost protects you to. If I plan this out, then I can be good. There's, you know, I, if I do this ahead of time, I can make sure that I. there's only so many of these purses coming out. And if I get it, you know, I pre-order, I can do all this stuff. But when it doesn't happen, and I think- the, the, the fantasy is you create this perfect scenario in your mind that doesn't work. And I think uh, my fear is being unprepared for something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're Batman. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, I, I try to make I'm going to look at it. I think we all brought different aspects to it, but I'll look at the the narratives that we we find ourselves becoming part of. So I think the, the easiest way, way I try to do it and probably the reason I'm the most hated person on the show is because I try not to be part of the narr- narrator's club. So I'm okay going against the grain on those things that we collectively say that make us feel better. So as men, we'll have this narrative saying that black women don't appreciate us. They do this, 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 and this. And I'm okay saying "Mm, that may be true, but we still do this, 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 and this too. I, I try to be very reflective, accountable, accountable for my actions and be, and understand that, I could be a victim and I'm using that word very loose, loosely, but also part of the problem. You know, I think even like I said, the conversation we had about women craving toxic men and it was. Go the goal, excuse me, the goalpost kept moving on. Well, what do you mean that? Well, men do the same thing It's like that's not what we're talking about. It's hey, except that some of this stuff might be true, except that you might be part of the problem. Or maybe you're just not part of the solution and or you're not open. Even if you're not part of the problem, maybe you're not accepting the reality of the situation in its totality. And I think that that's so crazy because I think it's so easy to do that. And for fear of sounding like a conservative or whatever the case may be because I do appreciate the fact that I don't believe that it's as simple as they try to make it seem like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It doesn't work that way. People need help. People need assistance. Everybody got somewhere by some kind of assistance, but also 
just living and being okay with that same narrative saying, well, I was born in the hood and we can't get out. I'm just lucky. I'm lucky I made it to 25. Oh, at some point you have to look past that and say, okay, I want to, I want to see my grandkids be 25 and I want to leave, you know, it's when we start doing more and it's easy to accept that those narratives, it makes us feel comfortable. Yeah. It's the difference of, taking taking it as a handout versus using it as a leg up or whatever they call it right yeah. or hand up it, it's it's how do you leverage the, that assistance to become better right you still need personal accountability for it even if you're getting help yeah, yeah. and 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 so instead of just leaning on it be like you know in, in in the front we call it leaning on the shield right there's those brothers that always need something yeah um that that's like look I'm, I'm good to give it to you the first time the second time but after about three four times it's like no bro <laughs> you know yeah and the thing about it, it, it that's part of it but it's also not that person taking the time to understand how they got in this situation why is the situation so repetitive why do, why do i keep finding myself in a situation and what am i going to do to change the narrative what am i going to do to change it? at least for me i can't change it for every black man but i can at least start working on things to change it for myself and my kids and the, and eventually the some of the people around me but i think it's just so easy to accept that but and when will said you know that we it's it's a two-parter because we 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 do this where we we we're so accountable that we forget how to live also in that fantasy. We don't allow ourselves to dream. We don't allow ourselves to be that, you know, we get so good at being grounded in reality because being grounded in reality it when as an adult is usually more beneficial to us. But but some part of me sometimes feel like, man, may, have I lost the ability to live in a fantasy? Dream world? big, yeah, yeah, dream big, yeah. So, what we got up next, fellas? I I, I can go. Um, I wanted to actually piggyback off of the uh, five hundred dollar wedding. Byron, you brought it up a little bit, and I I wanted to discuss it and talk through it. Um, you know, especially since all three of us had small weddings. The first time, right? Uh, um, Byron didn't have a small. So, well, wedding. Byron didn't have a small wedding. You had, you had a. Well, uh, it was, it was small comparatively, right? Uh, I think it was big when you look at what, how old we were, the, what we had, right? The amount of money we had, it was big, but uh, it wasn't fifty thousand uh, dollars. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. Um, but my my real question for you is just one piece of it because i think all the other stuff can make sense right i've i've seen plenty of people do you know outside weddings uh backyard weddings and stuff like that but i think the big part that saved them a whole lot of money was family buying or guests buying the um their food and so i wanted your you guys take on that like as if you were a guest going to a wedding um would you be cool with buying your own food and and saving that money for the couple so that they could be off to a better start in their relationship uh i believe so i i believe so especially depending on the uh relationship i have with them uh because i can see on the other side of the spectrum people saying well if they can't afford a wedding they don't need to be getting married like you know if they having that type of wedding they don't need to be married. I shouldn't have to uh, look out for them or whatever. But I, I think I would. And I can I can I can I intervene real quick? And that could be that, that could be like your gift. <laughs> Go ahead. That's about the dumbest I ever heard in my goddamn life. <laughs> you know, it, it, you you all, we we put this expectation to other people because that's what we want. But continue. It's just like I know it's not the norm, but it's kind of like okay. You tell me I shouldn't get married. I love my, this has nothing to do with you. Mm. I love my <laughs> wife so much. This woman so much. I want to spend the rest of my everything that it takes to get married or to, to say you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody has nothing to do with. Well, you know, they only got a five hundred dollar win. Well, you so. know, they say no romance without finance. But no, nah, that's all I got, man. I think I, I, I believe I would. Yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm not I'm not tripping, especially if 
like if you know the couple, you know they because you know we've all seen a few mar- a few few weddings that we'd be like, eh, don't know if that one should be taking place. But you know, if you know the couple well and they genuinely love each other, you you you're close to them. Yeah, I do that for sure. Um, so I'm gonna keep going with the Byron's answer. Yeah, it's the fact that people have a problem with it. I can I can get the fact that they have a problem with it. What I don't get the fact is they're they're determining if that couple should get married based off of their budget for their wedding. So I'll stop there. But on another note, to answer your question directly, as a guest, would I feel you said offended or? Or, or just would you like w- would you even go if you had to pay your own meal so, and all of okay, that so like, that's a different you know? question because there's a difference from being invited and being a guest you're only a guest until you when you show up so you can if if you have a problem with it you can graciously decline the invitation if i feel like you want to invite me to your wedding you should pay for these things i don't know where the hell that came from now that i think about it and now we're not friends anymore because Rozzy asked me to pay f- for my $200 plate at his wedding. What the hell is that? Okay, you, you can just not go. I mean, you got invited. So what you can say is you got invited and that you didn't get that you didn't get invited. You can never say that. But you don't have to go as a guest. You should be okay with it. And the reason it's funny to me is I saw another another post recently where it was the the opposite where the the couple invited people to the wedding once they RSVP'd I think this is how it went they received an invoice for food for the wedding and then the bride got upset when people started declining because they didn't tell Byron that, hey, you and Tab are going to have to pay for your meal. It was just all of a sudden, oh, yeah, here's an th- uh, uh, invoice for $300. And I think she still wanted a gift. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I saw that one. I also saw, though, one that um, she only sent the invoices if they RSVP and too. they didn't show up. So and and I'm good with that actually. Don't RSVP where I have to get meals for you, pay forty fifty dollars a plate for you, and then you don't show up. And so now I got all this food just sitting over here, you know, that I've paid a thousand dollars for extra food, but and, and you know, ten people didn't show up for. So I'm good with invoicing folks. I mean, I, no, I think that shit. makes sense. I mean, you might have to put that contingency because you can invoice me and I'm like, oh, that's cute and keep on trucking. <laughs> I mean, there's that. But it's the fact that you you invited me. Then you tell you spring it on me that you want me to pay. You can put that in the original invite. It's like, you know, we we will be asking guests to uh, pay for their own meals or, you know, pay a portion, whatever it is. But Nah, but then she had the nerve to be pissed off because you also you asked the question about how would I feel, but as the inviter, how would you feel if people declined? Are you in your feelings because I don't want to pay that money? I, I would be actually. I probably would be in my feelings if you if if you if. If you made my guest list, that means that I thought enough of you to, you know, actually share my day with you. And if if you say, no, I don't want to spend forty dollars for a plate to see you get married and spend this time with you, I might feel some type of way about that. Like, you know, it's it's very different if. I'm, I'm when I'm setting it out, of course, every or, or a lot of people are going to say, yeah, right. I mean, there, there are people that come on that list that make it that just barely the 200th person or the 150th person on your list um, that were, they were right at that cutoff. Uh, you, they, they're not in your inner circle. They're probably two or three, you know, strata out from your inner circle and they barely made it. And you said, you know, you gave you're, you're going to pay that hundred dollars for their plate. 
and they, they're probably going to say yeah uh, and, and, and there's nothing there for fu- somebody to say I'm going to pay for my meal so I can spend that time with you and I can really celebrate you that says something about our relationship mm. so I, I do feel like I would probably feel some type of way if they said no now I mean granted they it, it might I don't know I'm not I'm not in people's pockets I ain't I, I can't count their finances I, you know, they, they may just not have it and be able to spend that money on it or whatever. It's the same thing with a destination wedding, right? You can invite 17 million people to a destination wedding, but you got to understand that a lot of them might not make it because it's a destination wedding. So, I, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of kind of a sour taste, if I, especially if I think, feel like you're in that inner circle. If you're in that, that third level, you're my 150th person on my list and you say, no, no big deal. I don't care. But my, my inner 20, uh, I, I definitely think that if one of them said no because they had to pay their own meal, I, I might feel some type of way about that. If you if one of y'all two said, no, you're not coming to my wedding because you had to pay $40 for a plate, I would feel some type of way. Well, I'm, I'm going to send you an invoice um, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> that lets you know you, they, <laughs> for your wedding. That lets you know they wasn't going to give you a good gift, too, if they're not, that, that, I mean, if they're not paying that yeah. $40 a plate. Razi, you... <laughs> I will say that was one of the better arguments of completely changing my perspective on any conversation we've had thus far, because prior to that, I was like, that's that's shady as hell. But it's almost it goes to that that conversation or that notion I've had about. Me valuing you the same way you value me or vice versa. So like you said, you you. You made it to my inner my inner sanctum there's people that couldn't make it it's just like when i say about the first date or something when i said hey maybe you try something different if if you really are interested in me maybe maybe going dutch or whatever whatever it is to show that you're just as interested in me as i am in you it's it's not not necessarily exactly the same thing but it's just trying something different showing that hey i'm not here just for the set out if I, if you're about to spend five thousand dollars on food if we go out for Rise's birthday, we'll go to the bar and, you know, or go out to eat and spend $50 each or $100 each on food and drinks. But you can't come to my wedding and do the same thing. Right. Exactly. Oh. Because society and because everybody has told us that that's how the weddings are supposed to be. And I, I want to one last thing before we move to the next question. I want to shout out. I was in a church small group called Marriage Works and one of um, my friends in this, uh, the small group, he, he said something that was really profound to me. He said, are you interested in the wedding? Or are you interested in being married? And so for all these folks that's talking about, I want this big wedding and I got to have this big day and I got to have all that. Uh, it really comes down to what are you interested in? Like Ferg, you were talking about not judging people who want to have that small wedding or whatever and if they can't have a big wedding then they shouldn't be married my thing is you're worrying about the wrong thing like those folks are, are, are trying to commit to each other and everything and so they could just be like yo we're gonna be on the side of the road at this nice overlook we're gonna say our vows and y'all can go home y'all don't have to come and hang out with us so then you don't have to buy your plate you ain't got to come out and eat with us we're going to i don't know jim and nick's after this and we're gonna hang out or that bar that you talked about first we're gonna hang out at this bar and y'all can buy drinks, y'all can do whatever, but this is where we're going after our, our wedding. So it could be that, and it could be just as fun that as having a formal reception. Byron, would y'all fly to Houston for me to do that? <laughs> of course, man. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so you telling me we got we got for for 17 minutes? Loud <laughs> <laughs> Houston traffic, smog. And I uh, uh, I want to make sure we're not conflating uh, the broken brows with with uh, Razio's example because from what I understand she the guests did not have to buy a plate she just said if you want food and drink while you're there you'll have to pay for it and right that's, right so, it, it was like a, a like a cash bar and right. you know the the food service was there so you know you just go order what you wanted or man, whatever I've, mm-hmm. I've seen people do some I've seen people do food trucks and everything at weddings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's changing, changing the dynamics. I think couples should focus more on being financially secure and knowing where they're at. I wish we'd had this conversation about uh, a year ago mm-hmm. before I started playing this, this yeah. thingamajig. So yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell everybody that's that's trying to get married. Don't wait 
to you can have this big wedding to get married if that's what you want to do. If you want to, if you know that you know that's the person you want to spend in, your life with, because prices are going up, it it costs a lot to have these huge weddings and everything like that. So have those conversations. Um, I know guys that are waiting to propose because they want to have enough money to have the the, the wedding. Have that conversation with your spouse or oh, your significant other, yeah, or the ring and all that. that have that conversation about you know I really want to marry you, but. I, I can only go get five hundred thousand dollars. Are you good with that? Before you try to push it off, push it off. Because and ladies have that conversation and, and start that conversation so that they know that the pressure is not there to go get that thousand dollar, two thousand, five thousand dollar ring. Um, let them know that so that you know you you might like Ferg said do something different. You might get proposed to in a couple weeks if you open that up and tell them that. You, that's not you know the expectation you don't have to have that you just love them and you want them and that's what that's why I call Kiara a hero because in in the society now where everybody has to have a five thousand dollar handbag that was I think that was brave of her to say I'm, I'm gonna get, share it I'm gonna get this fifty dollar dress and we're gonna make it do what it do yeah mm-hmm. I mean that that's we had a similar situation to the quote you said in your small marriage group with Z you know when we 10 years ago when we started planning our wedding we were making our guest list and it just basically came down to Z saying you know do you really want to do this and her saying she's more you know focused on being my wife than my bride made it solidified with me if I had any doubts that I had chosen the right person and that I was gifted with the right person because that that meant we would try to do what we're doing today and that would have put us so far behind the ball there was no way we could afford the wedding that we're having now and that's and it's our wedding still not glamorous like a lot of people so but what you got for us, man? I don't and, want to keep. And, and keeping with um, low cost weddings and, and low cost uh, wedding dresses, as beautiful as this story was, we know realistically, we've talked about fantasy and, and reality on this episode. We know realistically that people was getting them jokes off behind their back. And oh, yeah. it's in my opinion that a lot of those jokes were probably directed and Mr. Joel Brokenbrow. So my question for you two brothers is, because women seem to be able to skate by on this, why is it okay to make fun of broke men? Oh, oh. Mm. It's not okay, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is. <laughs> it's, even, it's not even just make fun of, it's looked down on, it's... And... Like there's a and what's the definition of broke? I mean, because it's if you're not making a certain, you could be. I mean, let social media take it. Dates have to be a minimum of two hundred dollars. Off the if top, you, if you, yeah. Well, if you just can't afford it, and like and, and less than six figures, you poor. I, I'll just throw this statistic out there: eighty percent of America is living check to check. They are one flat tire away from being broke so when we talk about broke people most folks are one two checks away from not being able if if they lose their job tomorrow they can't pay their bills after a month so you know let's be honest about them there's a lot of broke people out there now what happens is i make a little bit more so i spend a little more so i'm living a nicer lifestyle that don't mean you ain't broke Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of middle class broke people. It's broke, it's broke doctors out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole lot of broke doctors, but nobody talks about them. No, no, they, 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 they don't laugh about them because they're living a the lifestyle. So that whole fake it till you make it thing. There's a lot of folks that are faking it right now. That's going out and they're getting those Dior J's or whatever and living in their mama house. Yeah, it, it always reminds me of all the uh, drug dealers. That you know they'll they'll have those real nice cars and you know nice fits, but then they go to their mama house 
or whatever to live. Uh, what was it? Paid in full? Where um, Oboy had the like the the all the cool sneakers and everything, but then he like took them off and put them in the like he didn't have any furniture. And he was still living on the uh, the sleeping on the mattress with no headboard, like that type of stuff. So there's a lot of folks that's that's kind of playing it up, but they're broke just as broke as the other folks. But back to your question, though, why it's okay? I I think society has still had this carryover of classism and so looking down on folks that don't make enough money or not don't have the right job even if they do uh you know are living check to check but they got to write the right job and so they they look like they make money that classism is still there it's it's there from all the way in medieval times and and so we still are doing it it's just now they might look like they're okay but we still kind of call them broke right but that's a isn't that a double standard? Because you're talking about in general. I can make I can make thirty thirty thousand dollars a year. And the chick that works in the cubicle next to me makes making thirty thousand dollars a year wouldn't potentially wouldn't date me because I'm broke. Wait till you get yourself together. We got the same job. <laughs> Actually, I've been here uh, two years long, longer, so I make 32 and you make 30. You know, it's... I don't know why the expectation outside of the fact that, you know, as much as we say society's progressing and we want equality and all this stuff, there's still a perception that men need to be providers. Mm-hmm. And not even providers, they need to be I think as we've gotten to the point where expectations have grown for men, financial expectations have grown for men. I think maybe some of the the moral expectations might not be there, but the financial expectations, because like you said, now, you know, people have to wear, have a $5,000 purse. They want to go on these trips. They want their you know how much you're paying for their hair and their their uh the eyelashes and all that stuff like i have to be able to help you afford your appearance and live the lifestyle of the fantasy that you want to live i don't i don't know if it's it's that i what i look at it as <laughs> go back to when women got the right to vote but no um so the, the thing happened is when women started working and entered the workforce in mass, you literally double your workforce, right? And so that compressed wages a lot. But like you said, there's still the expectation that the men are the providers. So men have to be able to do what they used to do because that's still that expectation, right? That women can work. They have the option to work in a relationship uh, mm, you know that, you that's hear. the mentality no i'm just i'm just again fantasy versus reality right like the, the fantasy is what but women have that option um in, in the expectation in the expectation world right in reality women say they want to be able to have that option they want a man that can still hold down the fort and and pay for everything and and provide like you say be providers and women say yes i can do it myself but i don't want to have to uh and so i want to find a man where i have that option and to have that choice guys don't have that guys don't get that option to be able to say um you know i want to find a woman that's making enough that i can have that choice or whatever that you know now like there are no gold digger men out there like you know that this, expectation. He, that, well, he there, uses, there are. He used air quotes, people, so he knows there are. Right. You know, <laughs> and there are exceptions to the rules. We have people who are. We have women who are the primary breadwinners, if not the sole breadwinners in their family. We get that. That we, is not we, the norm. We actually talk to one frequently who uh, listens to the show. But I even think in their situation, if I'm not mistaken, because you know it better than I do, he was actually working. They just made the decision yeah. that it was better for him to stay home, right? I think what yeah. Razi is saying is that on the outset, men don't get to say, I want to find me a woman that can take care of me. Yeah, because right. he that's lame, right? Is that lame? Toxic? That's lame? Broke. I don't know which it's one. Broke. I don't know. <laughs> that, that, Depends. That's broke and that's toxic. Yeah. That is toxic. Well, that's every, not lame, Everything right? is toxic. Lord, we yeah. have overused that yeah. word. Good God. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, but the, the problem came like when, uh, going back to that women entering the workforce, 
wages didn't because now you have a supply demand issue, right? Wages are stagnated because now you doubled your workforce, and so a lot and minimum wage didn't go up. Wages haven't kept up with inflation and everything like that. So there's almost no way for guys to do what they did back in the '60s, '70s, where they could work a full time job, provide for the house, have a, a homemaker at there. So the expectation for guys is 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 too high. For what they actually can do when we talk about the masses it just it's not there and so when they, they it's easy to make fun of those those broke guys that we talk about that are that that really aren't broke it's just that they are living in reality and everybody still wants to be in the 60s 70s with so, the whole idea of what a man's supposed to do and so, so that's why it makes it easy to to you know to jones on them and talk about them so is it safe to say you can have this is not just a male problem because there's only so much good money to go around go around there is a uh the supply and demand issue for jobs back to the original example we make the same amount of money but with my thirty thousand dollars there's a higher expectation of what i should be able to do with my money than what you should be able to do or have to do with your money even though that's not the reality because there's many most women still have to work and provide uh, married or single uh, there's a lot of single women who have to do everything on their own on that 30,000 but there's not a that same stigma with that 30,000 with them doing like man she 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 doing it with the, man she a single mother living off two kids $30,000 a year she making it happen a guy having that same money, same same scenario, is a bum. Yep. Why aren't you trying to better yourself? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I still have to be able to take this person out. Like I said, I think that was all I was saying. By, by, by what I'm saying, maintain that fantasy is I still have to do the, the basics of life, but I still have to be able to date back to the no romance without finance. It's you broke too. You, you still get the date. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I've never gotten that. It's like we're both broke. That's why I love college because we were all broke and just it was all about potential. Like he might make something of himself, yeah. and he's cute. So you know, it's except for the people that had money. You know, like the 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 Mancarella kids that go into college in a couple of years. So they're gonna pull up with money and so, hate it. Though. So only men have to have money in order to date. Women don't have to have money to date. No, no. Same way women don't have to have money to go to the club. Ladies' night, they get in free before eleven, and guys gonna buy them drinks all night. They they literally can go to the club with twenty dollars and walk out with twenty dollars. So uh, I think you guys both hit on the answer that I, I was gonna touch on, which is. You know, the whole men or provider thing thing is is why. Because if if you can't quote provide, then society looks at you as a man, as a failure. And that can be made fun of. Also, I think the guys that so we're talking about the the unrealistic expectations women have for men. I think a lot of guys catch that heat is when they have unreal unrealistic expectations for women. When they want the when they want the woman to work her nine to five, but also come home and do all of the house chores, take care of the kids, and they just get to come home and chill. And it's like, wait a minute, <clears throat> you need my income just as much as yours, but you also want me to do the the nineteen fifties and sixties housewife thing as well. So how dare you broke? You you can't even you know take care of this household without me working, but you want me. To, so I think. Those type mm. of guys get a lot of the jokes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good that's a good. I hate that she had to call him broke though. Because <laughs> we make the same thing. Yeah. We work. We work. We're, we're going to Waffle House together after this to do our night shift. Like I don't understand what the problem is. But um, yeah, man, so, that so, is that so, is true. So how about this? Are men still the providers? Are, are men still expected to be providers? Rizzy, should that. Should we do away with that? Or is that, that still they, be a they, thing? They, they are still expected to be, but they are not. Okay. Because society right now 
in general, for the masses, you need two incomes to be middle class or to work, you know, to make it in America today. So the the guys can't be providers by themselves anymore. Right. Uh, I'll put it like this. If we're going to have those expectations on men, then those those 50, 60 expectational men, then there has to be that same expectation on women. It's if you want me to be a sole provider, then then you need to be this 50s, 60s homemaker. Oh, yeah. Yes. But the thing about it is I don't want that. But I'm saying if you're going to put that that role on me, that that pressure on me to do this and then still not want to have that saying this. I ain't your mama. I ain't your daddy. (laughs) You know, like it's. Or not even that. Like I, I think you made the the comment about grandma never went on a vacation. Grandma yeah. didn't have a Birkin bag. And we forget grandma that. Had, grandma we wore the that. same muumu for two three days at a time. And my Shut grandma up. had one good outfit that she wore on Sunday. That's because grandma so, had like, Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> there was an ass under that muumu, bro. What you talking about? Why you think she got twelve kids? <laughs> Sliding <laughs> her little feet, shuffling her little feet across that dog. <laughs> I'm just floor. saying, it, it was, it's a lot easier for that guy to say, okay, I'm going to be a 50s, 60s provider off my $30,000 as long as you are good with living off of $30,000. Like, don't, don't, try to, don't try to act like we have $60,000 a year and run up credit cards and everything so you can flex for your friends off my $30,000 a year. Cause I don't. I think. I think I saw somebody do a question. What is the average income need to be for a household to live comfortably? You I know, think it's like fifty-two now, fifty-two, fifty-three thousand right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and that's a household of what? Of four, I think. That, that's what they always use. The household, yeah. household of four. So. But we're not talking about Birkin bags. We're not talking about family vacation. We're saying fifty-two thousand, call it sixty thousand, even sixty thousand. You can, in a lot of U.S. cities. We're not talking about. Well, I stay in D.C. You can't get anything under. We're not talking about that. You go to Mobile, Alabama, Pensacola, Houston, Birmingham. Probably seventy-five percent of the U.S. You can find these places. Now, if you you might have to live outside the city, you might have to commute. You're gonna have mm-hmm. to get used cars. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to live the life that you want. And I think we're so accustomed to living this life that we want to live, which isn't a bad thing because I get to live the life that I want to live. But it's we set these expectations, these trips. Those are the things that make life expensive you know we could all downsize our house honestly our our three families could live in either one of our houses if we had to downsize but there's no way that's happening right because i need my space buff needs his like we we got accustomed to wanting certain things and having having certain things we could live in a lot less we just choose not to. And we ain't going back. All right, fellas, go ahead and close on out. What you got for us, Buff? Um, I just want to send a quick shout out to Yo Gotti and Jay-Z and a few others that brought attention to uh, the prison conditions in uh, this one prison in Mississippi. The Department of Justice has deemed that prison unconstitutional thanks to the attention that they have bring to it. Uh, inmates were not getting like proper uh, mental health care uh, <clears throat> safety violations all over the place and things like that. So hopefully this is like the beginning phase of bringing about some change. And it's always good to uh, see rappers who, you know, get accused of so much negativity uh, to see them actually use their platform for good. And we know Jay-Z especially does a lot of that, but just wanted to highlight that him and uh, what him and Yo Gotti has been doing. Nice. Um, I just want to give a real quick shout out to local artists here in Birmingham. Jamie, the artist, 
I copped that Rakim uh, painting. So I'm so excited. She's supposed Whoa. to be delivering it to me tomorrow. Flex. So, yes, yes, I did get it. Oh, well, I mean, it's not a flex. They don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but, we, um, we know I, it's I, a flex. <laughs> we know the price. Congrats, Jamie. So, yes. Um, I got a painting from her first, though, by the way. You did, you did. So uh, <laughs> shout out to her, man. Super dope artist. So if you guys want some art um there's prints a lot of original still out there for it um uh, from her go check out her on uh, store envy i think it's jamie the artist um we'll put a link on on um the show notes for it check her out man go support her support the homie great great art great artist uh so keep watching her because i think she's gonna be really really big so appreciate you jamie once again, thank you to all our listeners for all your support, everybody that chimed in, everybody that disagreed with us, agreed with us, that comment on our shows that have said they've subscribed over the last week. We thank you. Keep spreading the message. Keep challenging us to get better. We do this for ourselves, but we also do this for you guys. We hope you're enjoying it. This is a. Um, we have to find time every week to make this happen. And I'm glad that we're for the most part, pretty consistent. It's been a pleasure and an honor to have you guys listen to whatever the hell we have to say, whether you agree or don't disagree. Alrighty. We also wanted to take a time, a second to uh, have a moment of silence for one of our, our friends from high school, recently lost his father, uh, Samuel Bogan. And he lost his father, Samuel Bogan senior. So, uh, our prayers are with you, Sam. All right. Thank you. And with that being said, three brothers, no sense, six rules of podcast. You can find us each and every Monday on inspire you on air. 10 PM central. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.